morning, everybody. There's always the test of how slick is the floor, because I don't want to just come and roll right off the, the stage. Uh, well, good morning. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the uh, campus pastor of our Alhambra campus. And I was looking back, and actually three years ago today, we started our first service in Alhambra, which is crazy to think it's been three years. Uh, if you're new to Church in the Valley... Uh, we've been in this Diamond Bar campus for about 28 years, and three years ago we started a new campus in Alhambra towards Los Angeles, and I've been uh, the pastor of that new campus, and Randy and I switch off uh, usually every four to six weeks or so, and so I'm here today, and it's great to, to be with you guys. Uh, you may be wondering why the, the sitting in the chair, and a few uh, about two weeks ago, I re-ruptured my Achilles tendon. I was here a few months ago, and I was sitting in the same chair, and then I had shoes on again, and it was like life was good, and then I, I re-ruptured it. And so the series is called Beginning Again, and I was hoping that wasn't going to be the actual thing I'd begin again in, but here I am. Uh, but God has been good, and I had surgery, and uh, the surgery went well, and at this point, I'm healing and just have to kind of stay uh, off, of, off of my leg. Uh, but in the midst of this, you really do find, you know, in trouble, there's in scripture, there's a category for trouble and things that you don't want where there's actually a lot of blessing that can be found in it. And oftentimes you don't realize that's true until you actually experience the trouble. And so for me, I've actually realized that God is, has really been good and he's been faithful despite things that I don't want and despite things that I don't want to experience. And so uh, God's continuing to be good and we're trusting in him and uh, so far, I appreciate, you know, all the prayers uh, that you guys have had just for our family. And uh, really, in, in light of a lot of other things, this isn't, this isn't that bad. It just means I have to sometimes get places a little slower uh, than I hope. Uh, but today, like I mentioned, we're in the series called Beginning Again, and we're wrapping it up. And we've been spending a fair amount of time really talking about how uh, you can experience change in life. And change is one of those things that I think all of us uh, we appreciate, we don't want to necessarily experience the same things over and over again. And so we kind of launched the series weeks ago talking about how change is actually possible. And there's a lot of hope in that because sometimes we get in these ruts where we're actually not sure. We kind of question, can I actually change? Can I be different? Can I get to a different place than, than where I've always been? And so we launched this series. And here at Ch Church in the Valley, we really, really want to point people to the fact of the really hope for change and the, the power that we have to change comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's, that's what we talked about. Really, we have a problem, and it's a spiritual problem initially. And we have this spiritual problem throughout our life, but what happens is when we enter in a relationship with God, He actually solves our spiritual problem, and we actually can have help to change. And He deals with us on the inside out, and He changes us, and therefore we don't have to get stuck in the same ruts. So because of that, because of that relationship... Uh, we spent the rest of the weeks talking about how does that actually change certain aspects of life. And so when you begin again with Christ and you decide to follow him and daily you commit your way to him, you can actually begin again from your past as well. And the past is something that doesn't have to just kind of play you like a shadow. Wherever you are, there it is. You can actually really find relief from the past. And we talked about how beginning again uh, we can experience in, in our relationships even if trust is broken, even if things have happened that have caused a lot of regret between us and others. And then we talked about how we can begin again in our finances, despite maybe decisions that we made that have caused us to be in a hole financially, we can begin again as we begin to choose to follow Christ. 
We also talked about beginning again in our work when we face dread, and we talked about that last week. But you get the idea again and again is when you choose to do life God's way, you really do have a relationship with Him that allows you to experience new choices, new decisions, and a new way of life. And so today we're going to talk about the importance of how to escape some of those repeated mistakes where we find ourselves. Now, I don't know about you, but there's times where I say to myself, why did I just do that? And then a few weeks later, I say the same thing. Why did I just do that? Why did I just do that? And you kind of just get to this point, like you frustrate yourself because you keep doing the same things that you, you don't want to do anymore. And I think that's a normal human condition. We just we kind of get on these, these patterns where we can't, we can't escape it. So today we're going to talk about how do we actually get traction and think differently to get out of some of those patterns which are destructive. Now, I want to play you a song because there's a song that I, I just heard this past week, and it's from the band One Direction. Now, in full confession, there's going to be people that love this band. There's going to be people that would wish you'd never heard this song ever, okay? But here's what's interesting. One Direction is like a kind of a boy band that is really popular among like teenage girls, Okay, just so you know. But what's interesting in this song, they write, it's called Same Mistakes. In the song, they really are touching on something at a young age, appealing to a young audience, which is exactly what we've been talking about in this series. And so I want you to to listen to this song. You'll see it uh, on the screen with the lyrics, and then I'm going to talk about it briefly. like to listen to the rest of the song you can find that on itunes okay but it's interesting these are like teenage boys appealing to like teenage girls and they're describing this relationship we're just going in circles and circles and circles and we're making the same mistakes and you think to this, like okay well this isn't that big of a deal but what you find is they're, they're they're striking a chord which is this human experience of just that that carousel of regret and it's just this carousel where you don't like the music and you don't want to listen to it anymore and you just want to get off of this. And that's what they're describing. And so you can't really talk about beginning again without actually looking at how you actually change in the long run. Because even if we have certain strategies, we end up just doing the same things again and again. And so today we want to look at what has God given us to actually change the way we're thinking. Because if you don't change the way you're thinking, change the way you think, if you don't change the way you look at things, you're just going to end up in the same place, making the same decisions. And the same old thinking, it leads to the same old place where we do the same old things. And that's really true of life. If you think the same, you're going to be at the same place 
and the same mistakes will just keep coming back to haunt you. And if that is life and that's all we have, there, there's not much hope. But we're going to talk about how we actually can move beyond that. Before I do that, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the things that keeps us trapped on this, this carousel of regret. If you will, these are like time bombs, okay? These time bombs tend to explode in our minds and in our thinking. They can cause destruction. And like there, you could see a, a pack of dynamite on the screen. But this idea is something that it just can, no matter how good our intentions, no matter how good our plans, if we continue to, to think this way and act these ways that I'm going to describe, it's like we're just trying to get on a path and it just keeps on crumbling before us. And so if you're in a place where you've just kind of tried to figure out how to experience lasting change, and you may be trying to help people that may want to change, and you kind of get to this point where sometimes it's just really hard to help people change. There might be some things on this list that you yourself might find that you kind of run to or you think about often. Or there may be some things you just see, man, these are the issues that a lot of people deal with. And so this list is really to be introspective first. Are there any of these that kind of tend to plague your own thinking? And then once we kind of start there, that can help us learn, okay, how, how do we move forward from that? So I just want to move through these kind of quickly. The first thing is an independent attitude. Part of the reason, and this is just like the blunt truth that you find in Scripture, one of the reasons that we always struggle to change is that we're, we're very independent people. A lot of times we, we don't want to. Like we kind of do, but at the bottom line of it, we, we don't really want to change. We don't have to change the way we do things. We don't have to change the way we see things. It's because we're, we're independent. Uh, the scriptures talk about that. This idea that we just like to kind of pull and isolate ourselves from others. And you find that in Proverbs 18.1. It says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire he breaks out against all sound judgment have you ever had just a really good idea and a good plan and then you've shared it with somebody and they're just not that big a fan as you are of your own plan you ever had that i have it may be like a small thing hey let's go eat there and it's like eh. but the greatest plans are when it's just you you ever notice that this is the best plan ever. How come? Because I only have to convince myself. I'm pretty convincible. And so what tends to happen is we run into walls with people, as people maybe kind of check our thinking or question what we're thinking, it kind of writes against this, this independence we have. And sometimes we, we actually do need to kind of think differently. But an independent attitude, it puts us in a place where as long as we isolate ourselves, all our ideas are good ideas. The problem is, they actually may not be good ideas. But if you're isolated, you don't know that. They're your own, and they make sense to you. If they make sense to you, you end up making the same decisions that you've always made. And it kind of self-destructs. That time bomb goes off. Another one is, is toying with temptation. It's really difficult to change in the long run as you move into the future if you are plagued by the same temptations that have always plagued you. Uh, there's a scripture in Proverbs 7, 7 uh, verses 7 through 10. It says this. And I have seen among the simple. The idea of the simple is they don't, they don't change. They keep kind of beating their head against the wall. And I've seen among the simple. I've perceived among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him, Dressed 
as a prostitute, wily of heart. And then Proverbs 7.22 says this, All at once he follows her, as an ox go to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast. This is like a wise little parable that's saying, basically, if you go near the place that you don't want to go or you shouldn't go, just sometimes by proximity, you get sucked in. This is talking about specific like sexual temptation. The same can be true of a lot of temptations. The nearer and closer you get to it, the more it can draw you in. It's like a vortex. That's what temptation is. And what happens to us, and it sometimes is even kind of connected to independent attitude. When we want what we want, and our ideas are great ideas, sometimes even warnings from others to stay away from certain things, stay away from certain people, stay away from certain situations, we don't want to hear it. So we think, I can just get close. I can just get close. There's no harm in getting close to the situation. But what happens is it just it sucks you in. So as you toy with it, it's not a game. That's just something that we learn the hard way again and again. And temptation is just one of those things that keeps pulling you in, keeps pulling you in. And you get to the point where you're like, I can't change. I've done it as long as I can remember. I've had these patterns as long as I remember. And you just get sucked in again and again. And so that's, that's another dynamite that can just pack and explode on us. There's another one, which is excusing wrong desires. You see this in the scripture. It's really a description of the appetites that we have. It's really hard to change if we don't check our appetites and our, our desires. Uh, Romans 16, 18. For such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. This is kind of like the temptation thing, but it's really this, you just have some goals that you want. You just have some things that you want to see happen really bad, and these desires, that's all you can see. There may be other things that you have to deal with and other priorities, but your own desires and really what you want, these are the things that you, this is all you can see. And some of the time, it comes like questions like this. It's not right, but it makes me happy. You ever thought that? No, I have. Just, I know I shouldn't, but it makes me happy. It's really what I want to do. Or the thought of life is incomplete. If I had this one thing, life will come together. You ever had that thought? Like your life is a puzzle and there's just one piece missing. And if you get this one piece, it's all going to come together. It may be like the, the dream job you've always wanted a certain financial level of just wealth that you've always wanted, a relationship that you've always wanted, what tends to happen is you have all this that's been given to you by the hand of God. But there's one thing missing. And until you get that one thing, life's not complete. But that begins to be things that we chase, whether it's financial, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job. Because we think that's, that's the magic key that, that unlocks it all. But this keeps us, again, on the path that's laden with dynamite. There's another one, and this is bad company. And this isn't just something that's for young people. You, you find this too in, in, in adults. The people that you, you run with, you spend time with, they actually have a big impact on whether you can change or not. Because they influence you. That's what people do. We're all influencers. And we're influenced by others, and we influence others. And that's what happens in a relationship. In the scriptures, you get this idea that this is more than friendships. The people that we actually 
our friends with, the people that we actually spend time with, they have a part in where we head in life. They have a part of our future. Family and friends. And the scriptures paints it cleanly, clearly. It says this, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Anytime the scriptures say, do not be deceived, do you think it's cluing us into something? It's basically saying, I know this is hard to believe. Anytime it says that, I know you're not going to really think this is true. But bad company corrupts good morals. And so sometimes to change actually means you have to get a new circle of friends. You actually have to get a new group around you that can give you the help you need to move forward. That's what the scripture is saying. Sometimes you actually need to start completely over. Okay, so you get independent attitude, bad company, desires, toying with temptation. And then the final bomb, if you will, is, is wrong teachers. And these could be in a formal setting, but again, it's people that have influence on you, but they're maybe not peers. They're people that maybe have authority. They speak authority into your life. Sometimes these, this authority could be in, in books. It can be in school. It can be in different settings where somebody has an authority and they speak truth, perceive truth to you. This is what the scriptures say about that. 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 through 4. For the time is coming when people would not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. You ever thought about that, that, that idea? I don't know if you've ever read this verse before, but they have itching ears. What happens when you have an itching ear? What do you want to do? You've got to scratch it. You've just got to scratch it. I have a cast on under the, underneath this. I don't have itching ears sometimes. I have an itching leg. I just want to scratch it. It itches. What this is saying is, when we want what we want, sometimes we will find people that will approve of it. And it may be crazy, but we really want it because it itches. It has our attention. So you get the sense that there's really, it's hard to change when you're just trying to find somebody who can agree with you. So you get the sense of there's actually things working against us to change. And all of these are a part of that. That's really true. The reason change is so hard is because all of this is actually pulling us in the wrong direction away from change. That's why it's so hard. That's why that common experience of just being frustrated or feeling like you haven't moved really beyond where you are to where you want to be. A lot of it is just there's things working against us. But here's the good news about Christianity and about what the church has to offer. There is tremendous hope to change. And it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning of the series. When you actually begin a relationship with Jesus Christ and decide that his voice will be the one that you listen to above every other, you can actually diffuse these bombs. You can actually move beyond some of the things that you actually really even want. 
And you know you shouldn't, and you know it's not going to help you. And what happens is, as you begin a relationship with God, he actually changes you. And it really begins as he transforms your heart. As your heart is transformed, and the decisions that you make, and the guidance that you want, it begins to change your mind. And as that happens, you can actually have different reflexes. You may still have the pull to do the things that you've always done. You may still even have friends that want you to still do the things that you've always done. Or you may have these desires that kind of you have to keep wrestling against, this picture of success or this picture of contentment or this picture of completeness. Those still may pull against you. But what tends to happen and what does happen is you begin a relationship with Christ over time. He actually can change your thinking. And I want to spend the rest of the message talking about that. God wants to help us change the way we think. There's a verse in Romans chapter 12, which if you've been around church, you've probably heard before. When I was in high school, I heard this passage. And I think for the first time when I heard it, God like spoke to me in a real way where the scriptures actually appealed to me. Like I had heard scriptures and I had memorized scriptures and I had done songs with scriptures. I grew up in the church. But when I first read this, this passage in Romans 12, it was the first time that like something clicked. And I actually saw the scriptures as something that wasn't just knowledge, but it was hope. Tremendous hope. And I want to read this because it really talks about the path that we're on and how God changes it. And it's just this great picture of what a relationship with Jesus is. And so it says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. In the beginning of the book, chapters 1 through 11, He's really displaying the kindness and mercy of God and how God's been so good to us. And so in Romans 12, there's this reminder. Everything that I've explained to you so far, everything that's true about God, everything that about his love and his mercy and his grace is true. And because of that, I appeal to you based on the mercy of him, the mercy of God, not your own power to change, not your own knowledge, not your own strategies, not your own formulas. I appeal to the mercy of God. So that's the foundation. So by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There's a lot going on in those two verses. I want to talk about that. But what's so interesting at the end of that in verse two, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It really appeals to sometimes the things that we continue to do in our rut, because what we want is we, we want a certain feeling. We want certain progress. We want certain things. And it really stems from this idea that if we don't get what we want and pursue what we want and go after what we want, our life is going to be incomplete. A lot of times that's why we don't change. Because we know what life's been so far. And I know sometimes I just have to take care of myself, even if it's fleeting, even if it doesn't really work, I know what I can control and what I can't. What the writer's appealing to is the sense of what we want is we actually want a plan for how life is going to come together. 
But without God, we can't experience it. And so what the writer Paul is saying is everything that you really want deep down in you, that you've tried to get from living your own way, if you turn to God, you can actually experience it. This perfect plan for your life, which is from him. And so it happens in two ways. The first way is you have to present your entire life up for God's use. If you really want to change as you move into the future of your life, you have to present your whole entire life up for God's use. And that's Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your body, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He's appealing to this, this Jewish idea of sacrifice, where in the Old Testament, when somebody sinned or the people of Israel sinned, you had to sacrifice an animal. This was before Jesus came. And by the sacrifice and by the, like, the turning away from that, then you, you were made right before God. When Jesus came, the whole sacrificial system changed because he was the ultimate sacrifice. He died for our sins. He was perfect. He was blameless. And he died for our sins. What the New Testament is getting at, and again and again you see, is because of Christ, it gives us an opportunity now to actually trust God in a new way because we know that Jesus Christ has taken care of our sin problem. But it doesn't mean that we just know that and everything's great. It means that now we actually have to give our life back to God. And many times, even if you've kind of come to church a long time, many times there's a sense in which we're trying to figure out our life and where kind of Jesus fits into it. Like how, how much is Jesus's and how much is mine? That's something that we kind of deal with daily. What does my day look like? Like I have to work. I have to hang out with people. I got to do this. I got to do that. But what part is Jesus's and what part is mine? And so really there's an idea that's kind of disconnected in us. We, we're compartmental usually. We have slices of life. And I want to show this illustration. It's called the Lordship Pie. You see it there. This is how kind of normal life flows and it makes sense to us. We're at the center. Self. That's me. That's you. So you could just write your name on there. So Alex. And I've got family and I've got career. I've got church. I've got school. I've got community. Got Jesus. And you see there, they're somewhat even. Are they even? Yeah? It wasn't rhetorical. I actually can't tell. Are they even? Yeah. So they're even, right? That's actually not usually how life looks. Because sometimes, like, maybe our work slice is really big because we're just underwater. Or maybe the Jesus slice is really big because we're just kind of really fired up about going to church and, you know, we just kind of grow and shrink our slices based on what's going on. That's kind of the normal flow. I'm at the center and I determine the slices of my life. But when you offer your body and your whole life as a sacrifice, something happens. Jesus comes out of the slice. 
and he moves into the center. And what's interesting about this is now Jesus is a part of every area of life. That's what it means to offer your body as a sacrifice to Jesus. He's no longer a slice to be reckoned with where we kind of, how big or how small is his role? Now, in your family, you want to ask the question, what makes Jesus happy in my family? In your career, you want to ask the question, what makes Jesus happy? In your finances, you want to ask the question, what makes Jesus happy? In my work, you want to ask, what makes Jesus happy? You get the broken record, right? That's what you ask. That's what it means. That's what it means to actually turn your life over to Jesus. He becomes the center that now feeds into all of the areas of life. And so when you ask the question, well, how much does he get and how much do I get? The real question is, he, he gets it all. He gets to call the shots in everything. And until you make that shift from me being the center to him being the center, we actually can't change in the long haul. So that's what it means to actually become a Christian. You stop leading your own life and you realize Jesus is the one that has to lead it. He's the one that gets to call the shots. And so if you've never done that, it's very difficult to change and experience it lasting. In fact, it's really impossible. But if you make that shift, it can happen. Right here and right now, over time, it will, it will happen. So that's where it begins. You, you change your thinking. And then once you do that, what happens after that is you actually have to continue to do this every day. It's not just a one-time decision that it's never a struggle anymore. Every day you wake up, you have to ask, what does Jesus want in each area of my life? You know what? I don't usually wake up, rise out of bed and like, what does Jesus want? You guys may. It may sound different than that, Hopefully. But I, I don't think like that. It's, it's, it's a battle. And something recently I was realizing about myself is I actually was like missing opportunities to, to surrender to God. And I'm just going to share this because it's something that, that God's kind of been working on me on. I, I drive, you know, lots of places in Southern California. I'm in my car a lot. And what I realized is I was like wasting a lot of time, like listening to sports radio, listening to talk radio, sometimes listening to music. And I, I like that. It was like I didn't have to engage my mind. It was dead space. I could be entertained. What I realized is I actually wasn't taking the time to present myself to God. I wasn't sacrificing myself to him and asking him what he wanted for me in the day. It was just I had things I wanted. And so my prayer life was kind of shrinking. And I kept thinking, like, I wish I had more time to pray. It's crazy. I wish I had more time to pray. And then I realized, like, I could pray when I drive. But then I have to, like, not listen to things I want to listen to. I wish I had more time to pray. You know, I, I could go through these cycles. You just have to get to the point where what's the most important? And what I realized is by just certain choices that I make, like turning off the radio and praying to God, 
I get this new leverage point of surrendering to him. Just by driving to work. That's what it means. As you continue to walk with God, you just kind of, he teaches you those things. You make little shifts here. You change your thinking here. And over time, you you actually can grow. But it begins with this idea of, okay, he's in the center. So I had a slice, which was like my commute. And he wants to change that. And you know what? It's actually really helped. I've had time to pray. And you know what? I don't know everything that's going on in talk radio. And I have a feeling that might be actually good. You ever thought about that? Maybe. I don't know. Second thing that happens is over time, you have to allow God to rewire your thinking. So it begins with the sacrifice. You give your life to him. And then you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, because if you think the same way, you're just going to keep doing the same things. It's going to get you to the same place. If you begin to think differently, you begin to see things differently, then you can change. I'm just going to share a quick story. Just recently, when I, when I re-ruptured my Achilles, I'm just going to take you to the scene. I was, at the, I was on the beach playing with my kids. And when I ruptured my, my leg the first time, my tendon the first time, it felt like a... And if you get queasy, I'm, this is like, I'm not going to get like detail, okay? But if you want to la-la, you can. But when I ruptured the first time, it felt like, like something hit my leg, like a brick. I was playing soccer. And I thought, like, what kind of a soccer game when we're, people are throwing bricks? <laughs> and I looked around. And I said, did you guys see that? Did somebody throw a brick at me? Everyone's like, you just fell down. Oh, that's weird. Cause the back of my ankle really hurts. And I realized, like, uh-oh, something's not good. found out. I was at the beach playing just a couple weeks ago. And we were, like, throwing sand. Me and the kids were throwing sand at each other. <laughs> and I fell to the ground. And the initial thought I had was, why did one of my kids throw a rock at me? Seriously. I know, it's crazy. Same thing. It was like the same as that. Like, why did they throw a rock at me? And then I thought to myself, you know, I, I've said that recently. And then right then I thought, oh no. I think I just re-ruptured my tendon. And I sat there on the beach and it was just, my kids are right there and they're like, what's, what's wrong, Dad? And I just... I think I re-ruptured my tendon and my kids were just like, we're going to go tell mom. It's like, no, no, no. Like, Give me a chance. I just may not be able to walk back there, you know. Anyway, long story short, get back to the beach and I realized I, I, I'm not quite able to think about what to do. And Samantha, my wife's like, what, what are we doing? And I, and I just said, I don't know. I just need to sit here. And my, my whole family's watching me, and I'm just sitting there. I just need to sit here with sand all over me. And then Samantha said, like, why don't, why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? I didn't know what to do. I like to say it was like my idea, but it totally wasn't my idea. I just didn't think. I couldn't think. She says, why don't we pray? I was like, that's a great idea. Two prayed, and long story short, I got off the beach, I'm here, right? <laughs> but what began to happen is, 
I began to like think differently about trouble because what kept plaguing me was like, not again, not again, not again. Like I didn't want to face it again. I just didn't. It was hard. It's just, just my leg, but it was still like really hard in that moment. And I started to like read the scriptures and just try to like make sense out of this. Like, okay, God, this happened. And I don't know why it happened again. And it's like not what I want. This is a pain. And like, I don't like to sit and not do things. I like to move and all this stuff was plaguing me. And then I read a scripture in, uh, in Psalms. I just started re- reading the Psalms. Because Psalms is kind of this like book of when life is falling apart, what do you do? How do you pray? How do you talk to God? What do you think about? What do you not think about? And I was reading in the Psalms. And the writer David was talking about this pain and affliction and this problems that he was in. And his was like life and death things. I mean, my my situation was nothing compared to his. But as he was talking about this, he was talking about the pain and affliction. He was asking God for help. And then he had a statement. If you could throw that psalm on there, I want to show it. It says, But I am afflicted and in pain. Pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with a song. I'll magnify him with thanksgiving. And right then, like, God changed my thinking. Because when you have trouble, you know what I want to think about? It's trouble. And when I have pain, I want to think about pain. When I have frustration, I want to think about frustration. Do you know what the scriptures say? If you're going to magnify something, you magnify him in thanksgiving. And right then, it was like I saw it differently. I'm in pain, I'm in affliction, David's saying. But your salvation, you save me. You help me. Magnify him in thanksgiving. I don't know any other source that can have perspective outside of the scriptures like that. It's totally upside down. You don't look at the pain, you don't look at the trouble. It's there and it's real. It doesn't mean you ignore it, but you choose what you magnify. And that really has helped me. Is it still frustrating? Yes. I still don't want it anymore. Just like any pain I've ever experienced. But you choose what you magnify. And that's what happens. As you get into the Word of God and you actually read it, it gives you a different look, a different perspective. And when you can see it differently, you can act differently. And once you act differently, different results come. And over time, you see that you have changed. That's what God does. So I just want to encourage you, no matter where you are, begin to read the Word of God. You may not even believe it's true. You may not even sure... If it's something you should even spend any time in. But maybe just for a test. See if there's anything in there that actually allows you to see some things differently. Maybe you just want to ask God. God, I don't really want to read the Bible. 
I don't know if it's even helpful. But if there's something I need to see differently, will you show me? And I think God will do that. So I just encourage you, get into the Word of God. That's where the change begins to happen. I'm going to invite the band up and I'm going to wrap up the service and just walk through a couple next steps. Uh, the first next step is if you've never, I had that, that pie up on the screen, if you've never decided to, to follow Jesus before and you're still in the center of your life and Jesus is the slice, today you can make the decision to actually change that. And so if you've never committed your life to Christ, I, I encourage you to do that. And you'll see there, for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and follow him as Lord. You could put that on there. And we'll send you some information. We'll follow up with you on what that means. And the second next step is, for five days this week, look through that list of those, those time bombs and the scriptures associated with it. And is there anything in those scriptures that actually can help you with maybe some things that you're facing and trying to change? So I encourage you to take the time to do that. Let's pray together and then we're going to receive our offering. You can drop that connection card in there and we're going to sing back to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the love that you do give us freely and the fact that as we commit to following you and your ways, you change us and you take us off the carousel of regret and Maybe patterns that we've had our, just our whole life, it seems, and, and you can actually help us to break those. And so I, I pray for freedom in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for anyone today that feels like they, they cannot change. That you will really speak to them, soften their hearts, and allow them to realize that in you they can. So we ask for your help in this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.